Hi, this is Nathan, and you're listening to a public church podcast. We would love to connect with you on social media at a public church, or you can visit our website, publicchurch.com. Thanks for listening. Just to continue on in that spirit of reflection, I wonder if there's something that we could all agree on in 2020. Maybe, maybe not. If you guys kept up with the news, uh, maybe there's something that we all want in 2020. Like this is like the most divisive year it feels like ever. Anybody with me? You guys awake and, and rolling this morning? You know, I, I think that we could stand here today and go, is there anything that we could possibly agree on? Are we just divided forever? I actually want to propose this morning that I think there's one thing that we could potentially all desire and that's the end of COVID-19. Can anybody get excited about thinking about the future? We're thinking about no mask. You're, you're thinking about going to watch a concert and being packed in with people in Nashville or Atlanta or Chattanooga. Some of you are thinking about filling Neyland Stadium or whatever lesser football team that you support. We're thinking about packing out rooms. And, and here's what we're thinking about. We're thinking about seeing somebody we like and giving them a hug. Oh, for a hug, like a guilt-free hug. Like, or can, we, can we do this? Or is this allowed? Is somebody watching? Like, air hug. It's just awkward. We just, we long for the end of this. But in this longing that we can actually all agree on, there's a danger. And the danger is that we are just reaching for normal. When did normal become so exceptional? You know, Andy Stanley in a leadership podcast, I may not quote him exactly right, but he said, aspiring to normal is not very inspiring. <laughs> Have you thought about that? Like if you're in here and you're a student at any level, college, high school, middle school, elementary school, you should try to reach your potential. I'm not saying that everybody should make A's. You should just try to reach your academic potential. But if you have A potential and you show up going, you know what? I just want to be normal. I don't want to make anybody feel bad. I just want to kind of ride it out with the C. Is that inspiring? The answer is no. That is not very inspiring. Normal is not exceptional. Normal is, well, normal. And so the danger is that as we want restrictions lifted, that's good. As we want to be able to give people hugs, that's good. As we want to fill rooms, fill stadiums, fill concert venues, that is good. But we could just settle for normal. And what a shame if we went through all this and came out the same. Think about that. What a shame if we went through everything that is 2020 and just came out the same. My senior year, I played football at Bradley Central High School. Go Bears. Any Bears fans in the house? Oh, okay, a couple of you maybe. I, see, I hear a cough. There may be some Raiders in here. We beat Cleveland Friday night in case you aren't keeping up with local sports. But I have to say that at the beginning because my story is about a time where Bradley didn't beat Cleveland. To be completely honest, Bradley didn't beat anyone. Uh, my senior year, I was a captain on a team that went 0-10. Yeah, 0-10. When you're 18 years old and you're a captain and you've worked for this for four years, that's pretty devastating. I know there are way more devastating things in the world, but just enter the mind of an 18-year-old and this is devastating. I don't think we scored until like week four. Um, I have a friend who remained nameless for the sake that this is going on YouTube and none of us want to 
admit that we were part of this catastrophe. But he lives in Florida, and sometimes we'll come into town, and he'll be like, hey, did anybody ask ever, does anybody ever ask about us? And I'm like, no, and I definitely don't bring it up. Like, let's just erase the fact that we were ever part of the debacle that was the O and 10 season. But in the middle of that terrible time in my life, I prayed this prayer. God, I don't know what you're trying to teach me, but please help me to learn the lesson now because I don't want to go through this again. Like, God, I don't know what the lesson is. I don't know why I'm going through this, but please help me to learn this lesson because I don't want to go through it again. Is that how anybody feels about 2020? That God, I don't know what you're up to. I do know that COVID-19 didn't catch you by surprise, but whatever lesson you're trying to teach me, my goodness, let me learn it because I don't want to go through this again. So let's not aim for normal. Aspiring for normal is not very inspiring, especially when Jesus is offering us immeasurably more. That even in the chaos and uncertainty of this year, that Jesus offers us plans that go beyond our greatest dreams. They're far beyond anything that we could imagine. He offers immeasurably more. And so today is kind of like an alarm. You know, the ones that we snooze all the time. <laughs> Today's like the reminder on my phone that I silence. Anybody with me on that? Just silence. Nope, nope. We'll deal with that later. Let's not silence it today. Let's not press snooze today because we could easily drift through however long this lasts, reaching for normal. And what a shame if we go through all this and come out the same. And so to help us reach for immeasurably more, to help us really evaluate what we're doing in the midst of the chaos of 2020, we need some wisdom. So we're gonna be in Proverbs chapter four, looking at some ancient wisdom literature. If you have a digital or paper copy of a Bible and you wanna go there, and as you go there, there's one team that's really leading our church in this area. And it's our Flourish team. Our Flourish ladies had an event on Friday night. Can we just honor Jade Morgan who leads that team and our Flourish leadership team? And they are amazing. And here was the theme, fighting to flourish. And I love that. Because these flourished ladies, they're not just coasting through this. They're not just wanting normal. They're recognizing, guys, we're in a battle. It's not a time to coast. It's a time to wake up and go, we are in a fight, so let's fight. Let's battle to flourish. Let's reach for something better than just normal or the way things were. And so I love how they're inspiring us. And so off of that inspiration, we wanna to look to some wisdom literature to see how we can best continue to navigate the uncertainty and chaos that we continue to live in. So Proverbs chapter four, verse 23 says this, keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flows the springs of life. Some of your translations may have read, guard your heart, maybe even above all else, guard your heart. Now, we know that the heart is important, but it helps us to understand how the ancient audience would have either read or heard this word heart. See, we think of heart as kind of limited to emotions. For them, it was also the seat of intellect. The heart was like the core of who you were. It included your desires, your emotions, your intellect. The Hebrew word for heart is sometimes even translated mind because of this. 
So we're talking about the core of who we are, our hearts. We need to guard it. Why? Because the visual image here is that our hearts are like the top of a waterfall. And what should be flowing off of that waterfall is just waters of life, life, purpose, love, satisfaction, meaning, justice, all of this, true life should be flowing out of our hearts. But for the ladies who were at Flourish on Friday night and the five guys who were there, I was one of those, or for any of you who may listen to the podcast, Whitney challenged us to face our hearts and to face what's being revealed in our hearts. Because here's the reality. It may be that life should be flowing from our hearts, but in this season, our hearts are being revealed. And sometimes it's not life, but it's a whole lot of ugliness that's flowing from it. And so she challenged us to face that to let the Holy Spirit deal with that ugliness, to let Jesus do his work. But here's the reality. If we face the ugliness, but fail to guard our hearts, we actually leave ourselves open to just have more ugliness replace the one that we dealt with. And we can simply re-corrupt our hearts. So that's why the talk today is fighting to flourish part two. We faced our hearts, some of us did on Friday nights, and if not, I encourage you to do that, not run away from it. But then how do we guard our hearts so that life can flow from us? One of the things I love about wisdom literature, especially the book of Proverbs, is how incredibly practical it is. The author doesn't just say, guard your hearts, figure it out. No, he's gonna spell it out for us. Look with me at the next verse, verse 24. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. The word put away means to walk away from. And put far from says there are some conversations that are unhelpful. And so when it's crooked speech, when it's devious talk, we need to put it in California and then we need to live in Cleveland. That's the analogy. Put it far from us. Because when it comes to what we say or what we listen to, we will be affected. Proverbs 18, 21, a verse that we have talked about before says this. If I can get to the right verse, there we go, turn the right one. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruits. That when we speak, death or life is coming out. And that last part, and it's so real because it says, if we speak death, if we tolerate conversations that tear people down, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna destroy relationships. We're gonna destroy people. We're ultimately gonna destroy ourselves. There's some conversations, some words that we should create a lot of distance from ourselves, that we should keep far away. If we're gonna guard our hearts, we've gotta think about what we're letting in our ears. And then he goes on and says, verse 25, we also need to think about our eyes. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. It's talking about your eyes and it's giving us a direction to look. It says, look directly forward. And when it says your gaze be straight, that word straight means with intensity, fix your eyes forward. Because what we let into our mind through our eyes, it influences us at a heart level. Think about it. If we spend a lot of time on social media scrolls and reading Facebook trolls, that's gonna affect us. 
Now, I'm kind of nerdy and was really proud of that sentence. I worked really hard on it, but that's just like some insight into my nerdiness. And I like things that rhyme. I'm just weird, but that's okay. But you know it's true. The things that we're letting in affects us. If you or I spend time watching pornography and we're dehumanizing people made in the image of God, that will have a tangible effect on how we interact with people. It will change us because what we let in through our eyes affects us on a heart level. So to guard our hearts, here's what this wisdom author is saying. Look directly ahead. Why do we look directly ahead? Because here's what he's inviting us to do. Verse 26, ponder, that word is a command. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Ponder, give thought to, consider. He's saying, ponder your path. In other words, we need to look straight ahead and we need to not just think about where we are, but we need to think about where we are going. And the word in Hebrew can also be translated make level. So it's not enough just to think about it. Implied is that we consider our path and then we begin to alter or change our path. So have you thought about where you're going? This whole idea of ponder my path led me to Dr. Walmack's office a few years ago. Dr. Walmack is my counselor. And the reason I went to see him is because I hadn't wrecked my life yet. But I took a moment and had some clarity where I could focus and look directly ahead and ponder my path, I could see that where I was going was ruined. I could see that where I was going was wrecking my life and I did not wanna go there and I couldn't get off that path on my own. I needed help. And so I went to see him. And through my time with Dr. Walmack, Jesus has changed the trajectory of my path. And it all started by him asking me to evaluate my life in four areas. This is getting at our hearts. He said, I want you to think about when you were healthiest mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. That was like homework, counseling session one. Consider when you were healthy, healthiest mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And as you journal about that, as you ponder that, don't get stuck on the stage of life you were in. If you go, well, I was physically best when I was in college, don't go re-enroll in university classes. <laughs> don't focus on the stage, focus on the habits that made you healthy. Because here's the thing about habits. Habits are involuntary patterns and habits form our paths and lead us in a direction. Habits form our paths and lead us in a direction. So in, a, in order for us to ponder our path, that equals evaluate our habits. Ponder our path equals evaluate our habits. Question, I would love for you to type this in the comments or just shout it out if you're in the room. At what point in the morning do you brush your teeth? Before you leave the house, more specific. First thing, how many of you are first thing brush teeth people? Raise your hand. Anybody use the bathroom first? That's me, thank you, okay. Maybe get a little personal. How many of you drink coffee or tea first? I'm talking to my wife here, Whitney. Because, yes, Kyle, I see you guys. Because you don't want the taste of toothpaste to taint the taste of coffee. Some of you are feeling that. Okay, does that mean you haven't brushed your teeth yet? You're drinking coffee? No judgment. Judgment-free zone. Okay, we're good here. We're good. <laughs> Question, did you have to think about 
this morning when you brushed your teeth or did you just do it? Just did it. It's a habit. It's an involuntary pattern. And habits impact us. The reality is how often we brush our teeth, whether or not we floss, what we eat, these are habits and they combine to lead us in a direction. They form a path and lead us in a direction either towards cavities or away from cavities. For some of you, that's a little bit too real. You're like, oh, I just had a cavity removed. I mean, but it's the reality that habits matter. So if we are going to ponder our path, we have to evaluate our habits. And here's the big idea. Here's what we need to understand about this season and navigating it wisely. The habits we cultivate in this season are the habits we will carry out of this season. The habits that we cultivate in the season, they are the habits we will carry out of the season. And here's why I'm so burdened about this. I've actually wanted to give this talk for a long time and the Holy Spirit wouldn't let me. And I felt like it would be better to give this in like June at the latest, probably May, but he wouldn't let me. And I'm glad that we're giving it now because some of us are starting to get back to normal. And if we're honest and reflect, we're falling into old habits that we had pre-COVID-19. Some of you, if you're gut level honest, you're did, you did some things this week that in July you said, I'll never do that again. I'm gonna be different. I'm gonna let the season change me. And this week, you did what you said you would never do. Why? Because of the habits you've cultivated. See, we're consistently and constantly cultivating habits, whether intentionally or unintentionally. And so here's why aspiring to normal is so dangerous. Because if we're spending this whole season just thinking, man, I can't wait to get back to normal, here's the habit we're cultivating. I'm not gonna live in this moment. I'm always gonna be thinking about the future and I'm gonna miss what's going on around me. It's not the right way to live, is it? Or we cultivate the habit that I don't recognize the moment that I don't recognize that yes, COVID-19 and this whole year has been chaos and uncertainty and a ton of adversity, but sometimes, almost all the time, God uses adversity to refine us and to change us, but we cultivate the habit of not recognizing this moment, and what a shame if we go through all this and come out the same. And so this is our wake-up call to go, what are the habits I'm cultivating? Because when masks are gone and stadiums and concert venues are full, some of us think, all right, well, then I'll do this. No, you won't. This whole, when this happens, then I'll, that doesn't work in our real lives. What we're gonna do when restrictions are lifted and it's all over is what we are doing now. Because the habits we cultivate in the season or the habits we'll carry out of the season. That's why we have to ponder our path. That's why we have to slow down long enough to go, man, where am I going? And at this point, some of you are uncomfortable because you're like, did I show up to a church gathering or is this a TED talk? Why are we talking about this in a church setting? Why are we getting this practical? Here's why, because in verse 23, the author tells us to guard our hearts. And the author was inspired by the Holy Spirit of God that says, guard our hearts for from it flows life. In other words, the God who designed us wants life flowing through us and out of us. 
And Jesus died for all of us. Jesus died for us mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, and we are all fatally flawed in each of those areas, and Jesus wants to begin to restore the brokenness in us in each of those areas. As Leon Crump says, he's a pastor in Atlanta out of Renovation Church, the gospel is for the flourishing of all people. Here's what that means. It means that we cannot tolerate any form of injustice or racism because God wants all people to flourish. And it means we cannot tolerate any apathy or lack of intentionality in our lives because God wants all of us to flourish mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And if you don't follow Jesus, here's where you can go right on because here's what I think you know. You are totally uninterested in a disconnected faith. If following Jesus impacts you when you die, but has no bearing on your life now, you're like, that disconnection, not for me, because it's not for me either. And on the opposite, if you're saying following Jesus impacts me now, but has no bearing on my life after earth, it's not for me. Look, following Jesus invades every area of our hearts and permeates every area of our lives because Jesus died for all of us. And he cares about where we are going. So ponder our paths. Because the end of verse 26 says this, then all your ways will be sure. Then we can intentionally end up somewhere. And I'm not saying we intentionally end up where we want to be. No, as Jesus followers, we intentionally end up becoming the women and men that Jesus saved us to be, that he designed us to be. That's the invitation to ponder our paths because the habits we cultivate in the season are the habits we'll carry out of the season. So let's take a moment and let's ponder in these four areas because it's gonna help us guard our hearts. So where are we heading mentally? Maybe you wanna write this down, maybe you just wanna think about it. Evaluate your habits. Where are we heading mentally? What are we taking in? Are we learning or mindlessly scrolling? Think habits, think habits, involuntary patterns. Where are we going emotionally? Ponder your path. We've been through a lot in 2020. Habitually, how are you processing your emotions? Or are you habitually hiding your emotions? Because we can't be healthy unless we're letting the Holy Spirit deal with it, unless we're letting others in. So when you look at your habits, where are you headed emotionally? Physically, where are you going? Evaluate your habits. I think about my boys in this area. I think about them being in high school and going on a run with them and wrestling with them and still whipping them. That's what I think about. But when I ponder my path, then I go, okay, well, 
are my habits that I'm doing today setting me up to be able to run with and wrestle with my boys when I'm 50 and 55 and 60 and 65? Now, all of that's in God's hands if I make it or not. Let's ponder our path. Where are we going spiritually? As I sat in Dr. Walmack's office a couple weeks ago, he told me, he said, look, Jesus followers cannot flourish. They cannot thrive in this season unless we are people of the word. We just can't make it. Are you habitually in the word? What about prayer? We have access to the God of the universe who wants us to talk to him, who wants us to throw all our cares before him. And personally, a habit that I've cultivated in this season is just that every day when I get in my office, before I get rolling, I literally just wanna get on my knees. And one of my goals for this year is to pray Ephesians 3, 14 through 21 every single day. Yes, I've missed some days but just to ask him to do immeasurably more, no matter what else is going on, to come before him and say, you knew all this, would you do immeasurably more? And to pray specifically on my knees intentionally. And I truly believe that Jesus is changing people because I could tell you stories of sitting in community group and something I've been praying about for over a year and a half and, and they're like, this has happened and they had no idea I was praying. That's not me, that's the Holy Spirit moving when we make prayer a habit. Spiritually, where are you going? Now, if you're anything like me, at this point, I would be completely overwhelmed. Like if I was sitting there, I would be looking at my habits and I would have a list of between nine and 30 things that I needed to work on like this afternoon. Like that's just how I am. So if you're like that, you're like, I get it. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you one thing, one habit to cultivate. If you wanna look this up later, it's called a keystone habit. Starting with one habit can lead to all kinds of change. If you wanna know how to set habits, you can go read a book, The Power of Habits by Charles Duhigg. It's phenomenal. But just ask the Holy Spirit to show you one habit because Jesus wants us to be flourishing in every area of our lives. And he wants to use the chaos of the season to change us. We let him. And when we get that one habit, then by the power of Jesus in us, we're gonna live out verse 27. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Once we have pondered our path and we know where Jesus is leading us, we do not swerve. And look, this is for all of us, whether or not we follow Jesus. But if you don't follow Jesus, I wanna invite you to follow him. First of all, because he died and he rose again. And he wants you to find life in him and to flourish in him. Second off, because there's a cap on how much we can grow without Jesus. But suddenly, when we are leaning into the power of the Holy Spirit, the living God, resurrection power in us, then that cap is blown to smithereens and we can experience immeasurably more and truly become the men and women that God designed us to be. And so as we end our gathering, the reality is there's a whole lot of things that could distract us from this, that could call us to swerve or get sidetracked. And I just wanna call out one. I feel like the Holy Spirit is leading me to call out one distraction that could cause us to swerve, and it's this. 
Do we trust the character of God? In 2020, we have a whole lot of reasons not to, don't we? Not just globally, but many of you personally have had your world rocked. And it's completely normal to go, I don't know if I can trust God's character. And I kind of think I may need to trust me more than him. And so this morning, I just want to invite you to trust him. And we're going to end our time by singing a fight song. We're going to battle. And what we're going to declare is that you are good. <laughs> and we're going to sing that you're never going to let me down. And if you're in here or you're watching and you're going, I can't sing that, then I just want to invite you to join a father in Mark chapter nine. You can read this story yourself. Actually, the second verse is bigger than I thought. The first line is based on the story. There's a father in Mark chapter nine and he had a demon possessed son and he brought him to Jesus. Jesus showed up and, and he said, Jesus, would you do something if you can? And Jesus said, if I can, all things are possible with God. And in this raw gut level prayer, he said, Jesus, I believe, but help me not to doubt. This song could be your battle cry. As you say, you are good, I think, but help me not to doubt. You're never gonna let me down. I wanna believe that, but help me not to doubt. And for those of us who are in a place where we're going, I know he's good, I've lived in his goodness, then we gotta recognize we're not singing for ourselves, we're singing for those who can't. We're singing for those who don't have a voice and we're declaring over their lives and over our community and over our world that God is good and Jesus is never gonna let us down. So I just wanna invite us to stand and let's let this be our battle cry. Jesus, you are good. So as we sing about you, this is our fight. This is our fight song. Would you change us? And would you use this time to propel us to go out and cultivate habits 